Hey, coming up on the Matt Townsend Show today, confidence gets you places in life, right? It gives you an edge in business. It gets your head out in the dating world. We definitely want our children to have strong self-esteem. But is self-esteem the wrong approach to confidence building? We're talking about it right after the news with Sam McCall. This is Sam McCall for BYU Radio News. One of the jurors who acquitted George Zimmerman is now calling for changes in self-defense laws, which she says gave her no choice but to find Zimmerman not guilty for the shooting death of teen Trayvon Martin. Four of the other six jurors have publicly disagreed. The Cleveland man accused of kidnapping and abusing three women for over a decade pled not guilty to just shy of 1,000 charges today. Ariel Castro is being held on an $8 million bail, and if convicted, he could face the death penalty. Temperatures are still sweltering across the nation with 43 states hitting over 90 degrees this week. The heat is expected to continue at least through the end of the week until a much-anticipated cold front moves down from the north. The American Civil Liberties Union says law enforcement officials are using license plate reading cameras to track the whereabouts of millions of Americans. While the cameras do help track down criminals, they are also recording the location and time of every plate scanned, which the ACLU says is too broad. In world news, contaminated school meals killed 25 Indian children and sent numerous others to the hospital since yesterday afternoon. The tragedy has sparked violent protests and allegations of blame as doctors report insecticide is likely the cause of the contamination. Cuban authorities are admitting to attempting to send old Soviet-style weapons to North Korea aboard a ship carrying mainly sugar. However, they claim the weapons were being sent for repairs. Officials in Panama who discovered the weapons have called for United Nations officials to investigate. A day after the law passed in Parliament, same-sex marriage has now been officially legalized in Britain and Wales. Marriage ceremonies will begin as soon as next summer, though the Church of England still declines to conduct the unions. That's the news to the top of the hour. For BYU Radio, I'm Sam McCall. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your guide on the side, your coach. Uh, We are now here for another hour and a half of love, peace, harmony, and confidence building. That is the show that we're going to be doing today. In fact, we're talking about confidence, and it's been a big deal because a lot of people, I just did a workshop with 170 wonderful youth in order to build confidence. Then I came to my radio show and sit across the booth here from Sky Boy, who has way too much confidence. So Sky, we are talking about how to get our children more confident. How on earth did your parents create such confidence in such a a wonderful boy as yourself? I don't think they had to do anything. I think I was just born. You are just born knowing you're great. 100% gifted and... 100% 100% awesome at everything I do. Wow. <laughs> really? <laughs> yep. Yeah. Boy, this is what we want our kids to be. I actually had to give them confidence. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> to, to parent you. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Mom, I know you feel like you're not doing a great job with me and all, but you really are. Keep it up, the good work. <laughs> Mom, you got this. You can parent me. Come on. Well, and, and nobody really, if you don't know Skyboy, he really is not like that. I'm very unconfident. Are you? 
No, I, I, was, just, you're I was just proving you, your point. You've got, I think I'm a good, I've got a good amount of you confidence. You have a great, you have not a wonderful, too much, but not too I would say uh, you're perfectly balanced. Perfectly, well, thanks. I'm pretty good at balancing. Yeah. Confidence. Think about it just as you're listening, as you're driving around town. Close your eyes for a minute while you're driving. And what I want you to do is I want you to think, where did you get your confidence from? Were you just born with it? Did you just know you were great like Sky Boy? Or do you need to wear funny clothes and have a cape and tights like Sky Boy? Is that where you got your confidence is your clothes, your apparel? <laughs> I think in order to wear my apparel, you have to have a lot of confidence before you put it on. You have to have something. You got to have something. To, to be able to get away with that. But confidence is a big deal. And I'm not sure our kids are, uh, are getting it. I mean, I used to be confident because I kind of learned in life. I learned you can't jump off the monkey bars with a bag because it won't actually act like a parachute. I learned that. And when you learn that the hard way, you know, you know what to do next time. Why are you laughing? That's, that was your. That's how I gained confidence. That, that was your. I tested I don't know everything. What to call it your wilderness. Your wilderness of Experience. affliction. It was a bag yeah. on the monkey. Yeah. Bars. Well, that was one. Breaking oh. into my house was another. I learned how to break into my own home. That's actually that's probably a necessary skill. That's a great skill. Breaking and entering into your own home. He wasn't a latchkey kid. He was a rock and window kid. I was a rock and window kid <laughs> until you get stuck. My- <laughs> then you get stuck in the window for a while, but you'll figure it out. I learned a lot of things that I'm not sure our kids are learning. And so we're going to today, we're getting into this whole kind of self-esteem thing, which I'm not sure I'm all hip on. That's the, those are the words we use. But I love the word um, confidence. And I love the word um, self, what is it? Belief? Self-loathing? No, that's different. Okay. Yeah, Was I on the wrong side of that? Yeah, you were on the <laughs> wrong side of that. So what we're going to do today, we're going to get into this. Now, our own uh, Colonel Rob Sanders has um, done some research and has put together and found the what we would call today the epitome of confidence. Hey, yeah. And what it is takes it? 96 years of life experience. Okay, this person was 96. And she's uh, running as the cashier at her little store she owns. At 96, she's still running the till. Yeah. Easy target for a robbery. Absolutely. So thought the guy who walked in with a knife to rob her. No way. She tells him, I'm not opening up that cash register. Not opening it. You can have all the Tootsie Rolls you want, but I'm not opening that cash register. <laughs> because that's what he's there for. All the Tootsie Rolls. I, yeah. I'll bet you if she'd offered him something else, like a beverage, he would have gone for it. Maybe. Don't you think? I don't know, though. She didn't seem in the mood to be wanting to give up much. So he's asking for the money. Yeah. I'll... And she's saying, nope. Open the register. Not going anywhere. Well, is this confidence? Because some people would say this is just stupid. Maybe 96 years old, confidence is knowing when you can do this and when you can't. Well, yeah, that's that's true. Walk to the back of the store. I'm not walking anywhere. Not I'm standing right here. Not going to do it. I'll press a button. I'll have somebody here in like five seconds. So the robbers noticed the cameras and took off. She was fine. Didn't wow. lose anything. See? She was firm. Confident. Confident. Yeah, she's also 96. She's got nothing to lose. Well, she had the advantage in that situation because, yeah. you know, he, the, the would-be robber had a potential for a future. And, you know, maybe maybe she would live for much longer. But yes. statistically, I doubt she would. So she's like, all right, you want to play the who dies first game? Hey, I'm she's all like, for it. She's like, all right, that. let's do this. I've lived my life. <laughs> that is, um, that's one way to do it. So now, 
merit, meritocracy, you like to be called. Merit, what have you learned about this? Because, you know, self-esteem, it's a big deal. Self-esteem, yeah. Right? Do you buy it? Do you buy that all we got to do is just get our kids to have good esteem? Well, it's a word issue for me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I it's do not like here. self-esteem. Those that exact phrase. You, okay, so let's get clear. You don't like you don't like self-esteem. I you don't. think kids should have bad esteem? No. Okay. Esteem is fine. It's just kind of irrelevant. Okay, educate us. Okay, ready? Yes. So self-esteem, Rob. Why don't you define that well, for us yeah, real quick? I can jump in. So good self-esteem is when you do not lose time worrying about worrying about the past or the future. Okay. Trust in your capacity to solve problems. Find dignity in other people. Resist manipulation. And in turn, bad self-esteem comes from heavy self-criticism, uh-huh. hypersensitivity to criticism, chronic indecision, perfectionism, neurotic wow. guilt, pessimism, and envy. Okay. Well, that's confused it thoroughly. Yeah. Well, that's a lot of stuff. Simpler self-esteem is your emotional evaluation of yourself. Okay. It's like, you know, I'm good because of these things. I'm fast. So when you're told to increase your self-esteem, you're told to, you know, like go work out, get yeah. in shape, get yeah. some abs, that get yourself you a good. set of abs. Yeah. It's like use all of your talents that you obviously must have because, and yeah. that that will make you feel good if you're using those talents. Right. But that kind of is the wrong way to go about it because some people don't have those talents. Some people will never look like a supermodel. Right. And so if you constantly base your worth and how you feel about yourself on outside achievements, Mm -hmm. it's not going to help you. And and to further that, studies have shown that high self-esteem doesn't even help you that much. Doesn't it? No, no. It says, I have an article here from Psychology Today. It says, high self-esteem does not make you a more effective leader, a more appealing lover, more likely to lead a healthy lifestyle, or more attractive and compelling in an interview. Well, what good is it then? (laughs) Yeah. It's just not... That's why I never went for it. No. So basically, uh, people with high self-esteem kind of, they have to ignore what's wrong with them because... What? Hold it. So people with high self-esteem, they don't probably know really what their problems are. Well, they might know, but they have to ignore it in order to feel good about themselves. Because oh, I'm just their, a little jerk. Their system of feeling good about themselves is only focusing on the positive qualities that they have. And as we all know, ignoring bad things always makes them no longer a factor and no longer problematic. Well, yes, yeah, it, and focusing intensely on everything that's great about you makes you a really cool person to be around. You know what? That sounds backwards. It does. It is backwards. (laughs) But see, that's that's interesting. So people with higher self-esteem, I guess they just are looking at all their good stuff. And so they're they're hyper – they're overinflating their – themselves. Yeah. And so they're less able to deal with the problems at hand. Yeah. So there's a different term that I like a lot better. What do you like? Let me guess. Let me guess. Uh, That thing. Well, well done. He's got overwhelming specificity. <laughs> he's got Matt. that thing. What's that? That, that thing. thing. Self-esteem. Okay. No, Ready? that thing. That what thing. is it? It's called self-compassion. And oh. it's a term. It's used um, a lot by Dr. Kristen Neff, um, by Juliana Brains. There's a few people who pioneer the self-compassion. Self-compassion. So, see, to me, that sounds real fluffy. No. Okay. Ready? Okay. Self-compassion is a willingness to look at your own mistakes and shortcomings with kindness and understanding. Cool. And that you acknowledge that you are human. Yeah. That you make oh, mistakes. Oh, I like that. Yeah. So 
it, it sounds lots of people they hear that and they have that exact response. It's like, well, that sounds. Yeah. You know, no, but when like, you, you, you're you just going to go easy on yourself. But you can make a mistake, no. but you're okay. I'm just human. Just you can still can. take responsibility for what yeah. happened. You just know that that doesn't define you. Well, and that's bet. You're saying that self compassion is better than me just saying, oh, ha. Huh. Have you ever heard my, my kids say, oh, ha. Huh. And um, yeah, you think I'm the problem. You're a jerk. So you think it's better to just be compat. You know, I've got issues. I do. Instead of blaming everyone else for your life. Yeah. So mm. they, people with self high self-compassion recognize that their value lies kind of in the journey that they're going to take. Okay. Yeah. They're kind of calmer. They're mm. more at ease with themselves. They're willing. They're, they see that this is a learning process. Yeah. And so in some of the studies done on self-compassion, they found that people who had self-compassion saw their weaknesses were changeable, that they realized that they could change those things about themselves and make themselves better. Okay. They had a realistic view of their abilities and actions and knew what to do better next time. They're because, learning. Yeah, because they weren't caught up in feeling bad about themselves yeah. so they could look at the situation objectively. Well, interesting. So then by being compassionate, you beget learning. Learning then gets growth. Growth then actually creates more confidence. Exactly. And so I feel like that's more where confidence lies is in having a sense of your own worth that comes from just your value as a human being. And I think that's what our expert's going to get into later. Now, hold on now. Let's slow down a minute. What about abs? Because um, Skyboy works hours on his abs. And I I don't know that he works on self-compassion. In fact, I don't think he works on any other muscle group on his body. (laughs) And you know what else is weird? He only works on half of his abs. So the other abs don't exist. He's got a half pack. A three pack. He's got a three pack. The weird thing is one's on the left and two are on the right. It's the weirdest workout. How do you do that? (laughs) Uh, I just do the crunches to the right side. And I don't do the left side. Okay. So that's how I get the, the one side stronger than the other. Because that's my good side. So, do you have self compassion? Um, so, if you blow it like royally, let's say you say something really. Let no, I've got an example. Let's say you um, take a dead carcass off of the road. <laughs> let's just say it's filled with larvae, larvae, and you drop it. I don't know on someone's porch as a child, as a teenager. Okay. I'm trying to imagine. Okay. Hypothetical. Hypothetical. Do you feel bad and recognize that, ah, you know what? I I got a little carried away there. Um, At the time, in the moment? You know, after, as you think about it, for the rest of your life. How much after? Let's just say even for the rest of your life. Yeah. I think I I feel a little bad. Um, I think I would have felt worse if it was a different family that I didn't know as well. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. So you'll justify. Okay. I'll justify a little bit. But yeah, I, I do think... So you have self-compassion. Yeah. You're, but you also understand you're not an evil person. Not an evil person. Didn't do it to be evil. No. You, no. you sure that you spread a bacteria <laughs> yeah. all over a neighborhood? Yeah. Well, and maybe not really a neighborhood. A family. Kinda, yeah. Well, sure. A, a yard, a front yard. But at least they were friendly family. Yeah. Okay. So you are self-compassionate? I'm very self-compassionate. BT, are you, do you have a lot of self-compassion? Like, do you... Get over things easily? Nope. I beat myself up over my little mistakes until they fester and ruin me as a person. Yeah, you should see him. He's like this little ball of anger. He just like starts vibrating. <laughs> that's why we let him do the rants. That's, that's where we, it all comes out. <laughs> that's how we vent it out of him. 
Really? So you actually you hold it in till it turns into a I think you said a, an ulcer actually. That's okay. really what it turns ulcer. into. Until it manifests physically, till you're ill and then till my stomach is digesting itself. Then what do you do? Uh, then I go to the doctor and then the cycle begins anew. Wow. I'm kidding. It's yeah, not you that are. bad. It's kind of like that, but not that bad. <laughs> do the rants help though? I don't know. Because I, I think if, your rants are amazing. So that's right I there like should em. give you some confidence. Thank you, Matt. I'll do more, okay? I was going to not do more, but now I will do more. Wow. Oh, really? You were about to be done doing <laughs> <No>. your rants? <laughs> uh, how about you, meritocracy? I think I'm, I'm okay at self-compassion. I think I could do better. Yeah. Yeah. So you've got it. I think most people could do better. Yeah. I do, too. I'm pretty self-compassionate. Let me think. I'm trying to think. Yeah, I don't beat myself up very long. I actually have a really short memory. So um, my problem isn't self-esteem or self-confidence. Just my memory is really <laughs> it's short. just remembering. So if I, if I remember, I'd probably feel pretty bad. Don't you find a lot of it has to do with how interesting the thing that you have to beat yourself up about is, right? Like how interesting it is to you. Yeah. If it's, yeah. If it's boring, you forget about it. Yeah, like, 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 I don't know, a carcass on the porch, boring. Yeah. yeah but so it, but, you just move on. But if it's something like, oh, wait a minute, my car is about to turn 50,000 miles, and when it does, what if I do something wrong and I get in an accident, and then it happens at exactly 50,000 miles, and I write that on the insurance form, and then the insurance lady won't believe the story because she has a hard time believing the accident would actually happen at 50,000 miles, and I swear that it did, but it didn't. See, that's Whoa. kind of a weird, interesting train. Oh, no. No, And, that's and then not. it becomes neurotic. Yeah. It did very quickly, and um, but the interesting but thing it's, about it's boring. That, you don't pay attention. Well, to me, that was really boring. But to me, it was interesting. Oh, so you're saying it if it's boring to you, insurance okay. and that's interesting. Car accidents and wow. I'd like to see what you find boring. If that was interesting, anything on a stage, it's kind of boring. You Merritt, know? are you going to let him say that? Merritt loves. I... Orchestras are in a pit. They're okay. No, or, or <laughs> plays. I do love the stage. That was what happened there. Aren't we weird? See, so here we all sit in a room, and yet we're all supposed to apparently have self-esteem, but now we're saying really self-compassion. Compassion. And yet, really, what we are all trying to do is feel good yeah, about life, basically. Or better yet, just not feel bad about life. I think that's a good goal. Yeah. I mean, feeling good, that's cool. But, like, if I could just not feel bad. So you, you're even okay with neutral. Yeah, that'd be great. Confidence. Buoyant. Do you think, do you think it's just as long <laughs> as you were floating and buoyant. I don't that's need to be flying, one. just as no. long as I'm floating. You I'm just good. don't want to have to kick to keep yourself up in the water. <laughs> Treading water. It takes effort, right? It takes a lot of effort. Wow, this is complicated. So, we, Merritt, we have a guest coming, don't we? We do. Maureen Healy. Maureen Don Healy is an author who's going to teach us about how to create confident kids. Is that the idea? Yeah, she's going to help us learn how to help our kids be confident even when they make mistakes. Or, you know, carcass. Or that. Hmm. This will help, Sky. This will help. Well, good. We're going to take a break. When we come back, our very own Bryce Tobin is going to give us one of his rants and try to vent off some of that lack of self-compassion. Then we are going to get in with our experts and start learning the skills, the tools to build confidence in our children. What are the real keys to lasting confidence with your children? This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be back with those ideas. You're listening to BYU Radio. MIT might be putting window washers out of a job. 
with a new high-tech glass inspired by nature. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories of revolutionary ideas, emerging technologies, and the people behind the concepts that shape the future. Sometimes the smallest ideas can have huge effects. For example, researchers at MIT think they have invented the perfect glass surface. It will make windows that are non-fogging and self-cleaning, repelling water through the use of a special microscopic texture on the surface. Their research is said to be inspired by the way nature creates water-resistant coatings and textures in certain plant leaves and insect shells. If you look at those surfaces under powerful magnification, you'll see a pattern of bumps with a precise spacing. The pattern traps air beneath the water droplet, creating a nearly frictionless surface, and so water and dirt just roll off. The MIT group created their glass surface by borrowing techniques used in making computer chips. Layers of photoresistive material in a grid pattern are etched away in stages. But for mass production, they think very hot rollers could press the design into glass inexpensively. Applications for the glass include self-cleaning tablets and smartphones, but also better optical devices and solar cells that may double their efficiency by staying clean. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. Having knowledge about medical advice is never a bad thing. It'll be a one-of-a-kind opportunity for you to achieve mega health. Ron Hager joins us every Tuesday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern to share insider info and commentary from the world of health and wellness. It's common sense, it's prudence, it's doing things that are moderate, that are balanced, that have variety, not just with the things you eat, but the way you exercise and other things that you might be doing. Tuesdays on The Morning Show, only on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we are talking about confidence. How to help your children build their confidence, their sense of strength, uh, personal strength, their own belief in themselves. And so we went to uh, one of our great, great producers. And I say that to build your confidence. Uh, it's the confidence is... It's not uh, to the brim and overflowing, Matt. Thank you. Yeah, you're, uh, I'm not feeling it. Um, but our own Bryce Tobin has put together something. He, he believes that something about the seventh grade impacts confidence. It's a magical time. And by magical, I mean weird, awkward, and uh, it's never the same after that. Well, let's hear Bryce's thoughts on confidence. Look, I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but I'm about to rant. This is the Bryce's Right. The question is, where do kids lose their confidence? Well, the only really good source material that I have is myself. And when I think back to times where I lost my confidence, I think back to seventh grade. You'll understand why in a second, but let me set this up for you. It seems that things are done differently depending on the school system, but some places have all grades in one school. The state I grew up in does kindergarten through fifth grade for elementary school, middle school is sixth grade through eighth grade, and then ninth through twelfth grade is high school. I'm not sure how other places do it. I know Utah adds sixth grade to elementary school and then takes ninth grade from high school and moves it down to middle school. The city where I graduated high school does this strange thing where they build a new high school, but they only allow ninth and tenth graders into the new school. I'm still not entirely sure what their reasoning is, or in the very least, what they're trying to accomplish, but all of this proves that it's okay to play around with whatever grades are considered to be high school or middle school. This got me thinking. Now back to confidence. I remember being in 7th grade gym and then having to go to the locker room with the 8th graders. They seemed like giants 
with their deep voices and hairy armpits, almost as if they were gloating about how much further they'd made it through puberty compared to me. They were always yelling and barking stuff at each other, and us poor 7th graders with our squeaky voices and skinny arms and total lack of facial hair, we couldn't stand up to it. It made me feel so childlike in the worst possible way. I fearfully thought, how could I ever turn into some gruff monster like that in just a year's time? Well, fun fact, I grow slow, so I never was. Now it's been 10 years since then, and the trauma's faded, and all of this got me thinking about this proposal. If being packed together like sardines with people who are sometimes two to three years older than me can have such a detrimental effect, how can we avoid the problem? Well, since we've established that there's no real reason ninth graders need to go to school with 12th graders, I have a proposal. Elementary school is fine. There's not a lot of mixture in that world. But after that, every grade should have their own school. I call this the one-year-one-school policy. Think about it. It's flawless. You can't be intimidated by people who are older than you if you don't spend any time with people who are older than you. So now when someone's driving a car around, it's not a big deal because they are your age. You'll be able to get your license pretty soon. If you're jealous of someone's mustache, don't worry. You'll be able to grow one of your own in no time. I mean, yeah, that means we'll have to build lots of new tiny schools, and it'll be somewhat irritating to have to get used to a whole new school every year. But if that means never having to be intimidated by pudgy dudes who aren't in the habit of wearing deodorant on a daily basis because they aren't sure if they really need to, I'd say it's a small price to pay. All right, I'm out. And remember, don't forget to be awesome. Wow. Uh, That was a flawless idea. Why, thank you. I found a few flaws. Okay. That I would like to share. Well, I... Uh... I mean, I, again, it just seems like there are some flaws. For example... Well, well Matt, you know... I'm, uh, I don't want to do okay. this to lower your confidence. I First of all, I totally agree that having to hang out like when you're a ninth grader with a twelfth grader, that's just torture for everyone, <laughs> for both the ninth and the twelfth. Now, the idea that you proposed of putting everyone in a different building... Uh, again, I'm not a school administrator, but it just seems like that'd be expensive. It seems costly, but I mean, you'd need six different school buildings. But in terms of in terms of you know, child's children's having confidence, it'll it'll pay off in the end. You know end. what? Good point. Shouldn't we do it for the kids? Shouldn't we? <laughs> Isn't that what it's bills. for? Okay, that's a great point. Um, I guess you fixed that one. Its cost is no longer. That's okay. That's okay. Hit me with the next one. Well, and when you think about it, we have a ton of money. Uh well. And are the kids not worth it? Well, because if we we're here for the kids, we are. So put all of the teenagers basically in their own building. Now, one thing I noticed is sometimes as an eighth grader, you have everybody at a different part of the spectrum. So you might have a guy that has as much hair as a twelfth grader. There's, there's that one guy. There's that one guy. So maybe what we ought to do, if the if the building idea works, then let's take the anomalies. <laughs> And let's just put them not even in their own building. Let's just give them a pod outside of the building. The outliers. The we'll outliers call- <laughs> pod. <laughs> like, so, and we yeah. can have a hairy pod for all the hairy guys. And then those that have are nowhere near developing, we put them in another pod. <laughs> the, guys, we, the guys who are in eighth grade but still look like third graders. Uh-huh. Those poor guys. So it's just we, I, I think the word they use is segregate. Everybody See, apart from each other. See, now, it's problematic, Matt. I don't know. Is it? Because I don't know. I, it seems like they passed some laws so that we don't do that. Well, I don't yeah. know. Call me old-fashioned. Um, one other problem. Eventually, we are going to be adults, and we're going to run into people with a lot of stuff that's different than us. You know what I mean? So what, you're, so what you're saying is you can't emulate no. real life? Yeah. At some point, you might want them learning to just integrate, which is another word 
that people use. And we would integrate all of these people and teach people to gain, gain confidence, which is what we're going to learn about with our next guest, and to just learn how to be – to integrate with the rest of the humans on this earth. I, I believe you found the fatal flaw. <laughs> well, it wasn't that hard. <laughs> it was kind of just right there pulsing right in front of me. <laughs> it was me. almost screaming. But I, I, that was really actually very interesting. And I couldn't agree with you more. There was nothing more uncomfortable than being the freshman, the really, really young freshman. In gym class with a bunch of seniors. That's right, because your birthday's in June? May. May. Birthday's in May. You were one of the young ones. Yep, and I had a baby face, like Skyboy. So, after years of therapy, we've worked through it. Here we are. And you just brought it up. That's fine. That's why we're bringing on our next expert. We're going to take a break, but when we come back, we are going to get into this. How to get, how to increase confidence with our kids. How to really create some self-worth, some self-confidence. Maureen Don Healy's joining us, a popular author. She'll be with us. You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show. This is BYU Radio. Add BYU Radio's toll-free number to your phone contacts and be ready to chat with us anytime. Our number is 855-CHAT-BYU. Whether you add your opinion to the morning show or ask Matt Townsend a question, we want to hear what you have to say. Again, our number is 855-CHAT-BYU. That's 855-242-8298. Call us. This is Sam McCall for BYU Radio News. One of the jurors who acquitted George Zimmerman says the self-defense laws left the jury no option but to rule Zimmerman was not guilty in the shooting death of Trayvon Martin need to be changed. However, four of the other jury members are publicly disagreeing. The former Cleveland bus driver who has been accused of kidnapping and holding three women for over 10 years pled not guilty to nearly a 1,000 charges today. Some of the charges could carry the death penalty if the 53-year-old is convicted. A burning heat wave is continuing across the nation with over 43 states breaking 90 degrees this week. Forecasters say there will be no relief from the scorching temperatures until the weekend when a cold front moves down from the north. The American Civil Liberties Union says law enforcement officials are using license plate reading cameras to track the whereabouts of millions of Americans. While the cameras do help track down criminals, they are also recording the location and time of every plate scanned, which the ACLU says is too broad. In world news, contaminated school meals killed 25 Indian children and sent numerous others to the hospital since yesterday afternoon. The tragedy has sparked violent protests and allegations of blame as doctors report insecticide is likely the cause of the contamination. Cuban authorities are admitting to attempting to send old Soviet-style weapons to North Korea aboard a ship carrying mainly sugar. However, they claim the weapons were being sent for repairs. Officials in Panama who discovered the weapons have called for United Nations officials to investigate. Same-sex marriage is now legal in Britain and Wales, with officially recognized ceremonies starting as soon as next summer. Couples who already are in civil unions will be able to convert their status to married if they desire. That's the news to half past the hour. For BYU Radio, I'm Sam McCall.
Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. We are taking on confidence. We are going to figure this one out. How do we teach our children confidence? And by the way, is confidence the same thing as happiness? We're going to get into it. We have a wonderful guest joining us. Uh, Dr. Maureen Dawn Healy is joining us. She is a popular author, healer, and counselor with over 15 years of experience. She has also worked with children all over the world. She specializes in helping sensitive children to thrive. Pretty neat little thing on her bio. In 2007, she taught Tibetan refugee children in India and was fortunate enough to attend classes with His Holiness the 14th Dalai Lama which is a huge deal. She currently lives in uh, Southern California and works out of her um, office in Los Angeles. Anyway, Maureen Don Healy, welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Thank you for having me. It's great to have you here. And really, as we think of this confidence subject, is there anything more important that we could instill or bring or teach, How I, and I'm dying to hear how we do this, to our children, to our family, to the children and our friends, our children's friends, than confidence. Is there anything more important? Well, I mean, the reason I, I wrote the book, Growing Happy Kids, which is about cultivating inner confidence, uh, which is the foundation for happiness. So that ability to know within yourself that you have the power and capability to succeed at tasks and ultimately life, you know, lies the foundation not only for them to have a content life, but to feel successful and to really contribute to the world. And, and by the way, your book, Growing Happy Kids, that's coming out, they, they, you have a website for this book, for this, all about the book and, and information, everything we're going to talk about, as well as how to get a hold of you. And they can just go mm-hmm. to growinghappykids.com, right? That's true. There's even two chapters there that are downloadable for free to take a peek at. It's a great book. Tell me, okay, so let's differentiate confidence versus just being a happy kid. I mean, I guess a lot of us are just trying to, let's just make sure our kids are happy. And is there a difference or are we saying the same thing? No, it's actually different. There is, um, you know, the idea of confidence, uh, which is slightly different than self-esteem even. Self-esteem is uh, loving yourself, and confidence is the ability to master tasks. Um, for example, you know, your, your, your child is kicking the soccer ball in the goalie. You know, he yeah. feels confident that he can do that. You know, he has faith in that ability. And that's outer confidence. And there's a deeper type of confidence called inner confidence, which means, you know, and we're all striving toward it. It's a lifelong process, but getting that place within you that you know that, you know, I'm confident that, you know, whatever sort of comes before me in this lifetime that I can persevere and I can overcome that obstacle. So it's really inner strength and resilience that we're talking about. Huge. And that really lays the foundation for happiness because you have to have that inner strength to overcome obstacles and to have the courage to be who you came here to be on this planet, which is different than anyone else, yeah. opposed to just raising like cookie-cutter kids. So it's really kind of, so self-esteem is the idea that I, I like myself, I'm, I'm, I, I'm happy with who I am. It's kind of the, the Stuart Smalley, uh, you remember that, um, on uh, Saturday Night Live where he'd look in the mirror and say, you're wonderful. <laughs> You're great, mm-hmm. and people like you. So that's to me, is mm-hmm. kind of self-esteem. But you're saying confidence is really your belief on in that you have the abilities to deliver mm-hmm. real-time what, what you want to have happen in life, and you have the inner belief and understanding of who you are and kind of what you have to contribute. 
Yeah. I mean, all of, all of the things that we're doing are helping our children have faith in themselves, right? Faith yeah. in their abilities on the outside, whether it's to pass a spelling test or whether it's to, you know, hit that home run on the baseball team. And also uh, then develop that deeper sense of confidence that, you know, that no matter what happens, you know, you can get back up again and then you can persevere and that, you know, that you're bigger. There's a power within you bigger than whatever obstacles or challenges. You know, it's particularly important for children today because, you know, there are bullies and it's a different world and they really do need to know who they are right. and have the strength to move forward if challenges come in their way. Have Have we... It seems as a culture, as a society, we've really paid maybe more homage and attention to self-esteem than actual confidence. Well, we've, we've sort of made them synonymous, and they're different. Yeah. And, and you know, I see people, I, I work with children, cancel kids, but I also work with adults, and I find that, you know, self-esteem is a core of many issues. If you don't really love and unconditionally accept yourself, which we're all in the process of doing, you know, it comes out wrong in different ways. So, you know, to really get that foundation raising kids that, you know, that who you are is wonderful. It's not who I want you to be, but who you are. Yeah, and it's, and it's, yeah, you are, you are who you are, and you actually, you like it. Tell me. Um, we, don't, we don't have to be perfect. No. I mean, we all have sort of challenges and development areas, but who you are, the essence of you, you know, for a parent to just love that child and to really support them for who they are and not force them to be something else, that's a huge, tremendous gift. What does it look like? So if we look at a child that we would say possesses that or and, he, and is confident and mm-hmm. trending happy, what what does mm-hmm. it look like? How do they manifest? What would, what would that child look like? I mean, a lot of times we hear the stories of the kids that aren't progressing, kind of the, all the abnormal psychology. We always hear those stories mm-hmm. in the news. What, do, what does the healthy child look like? Well, a healthy child is happy with who they are. And, you know, there can be too much confidence, right, arrogance. Yeah. Or too little confidence, which is self, uh, problems with self-esteem and issues with, you know, not feeling good enough or worthiness. But, you know, the healthy child knows that they can do it and that they have a support system around them and that they that there's something in them that will carry them through. And they oftentimes healthy kids, you know, have found things that they're good at, can really, you know, feel good about it, whether it's making a puzzle or building an airplane you know, it starts with outer confidence, and as they mature, they can bring that in, inside of them and say, okay, who I am, you know, I can do this. It, it's a really powerful oh, way it is. to be. And they're not perfect, you know, they're not, yeah. they're not the kids that are getting straight A's. That's not the child I'm necessarily talking about. I'm talking about the kids that if they get a B, they're like, oh, it is what it is. You know, they're willing to try again. They know there's something within them. That's powerful, and and it's uh, so it's kind of like you do believe that we, in the outside in approach. We we still kind of we we get their confidence in the outer abilities, the, the ability mm-hmm. to deliver on stuff. I guess while while they're working on those outer abilities, maybe playing a sport, engaging with other friends and stuff. Are we guiding them to the inner, or do they naturally get to the inner confidence where their heart grows? I mean, how does that work? Yeah, the most skillful, you know, the coaches we've had or, or teachers that we've had, the most skillful ones will say, you know, there's that power within you or you can do it, that you have that strength within you to succeed, and they'll be specific about it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just blanket praise. It's like, you know, that the way that you studied for that spelling test and made those index cards, 
you can apply that energy and focus and ability to anything in this world. Hmm. So it's really helping them develop that, you know, yeah, I did really well at this, or I didn't do well at this, but I can use that process I took to try again, to do it again. And they begin to really believe in themselves. No, that's uh, that's a big... I mean, it, it really seems like kind of the answer to all of our ills. We, we need to figure out a way that these kids can... Um, can kind of be self-directing in a way. We're there, but they're really more self-reliant. They know how to lean right. on themselves. They believe in themselves. And that's really what you're saying by inwardly confident. Yeah, you know, that too, it's on a path from outer confidence to inner confidence because we know as adults, you know, there are things that happen in our lives that we don't expect or there's challenges or obstacles. But you, we've had to dig deep to persevere and overcome that. So oftentimes people learn through trial and error, and I guess what I'm saying is that they don't need to go through that path of pain, that they can learn that deep within them they have what it takes to succeed, and we can begin sort of nurturing that inner inner uh, belief system early on. That's powerful. It really is, and I guess to me that seems like the actual role of, I mean, it's not only their role, but if I'm a parent, my child's confidence should should be a major part of inner and outer should be a major goal of mine that that's where I should be working that's my working ground absolutely absolutely and depending upon your belief system you can do that differently it can be spiritual it can be all sorts of different ways that you can nurture that uh, belief they have in themselves well let's do this I want to take a break we're talking with Dr. Maureen Don Healy who's a popular author has a brand new book coming out um, that I think is, is uh, it, it's a big deal. So if you have children, you're going to want to check it out. It's called Growing Happy Kids. You can find that at uh, growinghappykids.com. It's, it's soon to be released. But um, we're going to come back. And when we come back, she's going to walk us through five building blocks of confidence, five things we should be looking for that uh, are going to help us create more confidence in our children. And really, honestly, if I have a confident child, I'll probably be having more confidence in myself as well. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We're going to take a break. You're listening to Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. A breakthrough in the fight against oil spills from a high-tech sponge. That's pretty slick. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories of revolutionary ideas, emerging technologies, and the people behind the concepts that shape the future. A breakthrough in oil spill cleanup is being demonstrated in the labs at Rice University, where scientists have created a super sponge material out of carbon nanotubes that absorbs over 100 times its own weight in oil. And this sponge repels water just as thoroughly as it loves oil. That repulsion helps the sponge to float high in the water making it a good choice for the booms used to contain spills at sea. The trick that makes it work is adding a little pinch of the element boron to the recipe. The altered chemical structure, plus the large amount of surface area in the tubes relative to their size, gives the sponge its magnet-like absorptive qualities for oil. The carbon nanotubes make the sponge super lightweight, tough, and flexible. In lab demonstrations, the sponge can give up its oil through squeezing or by burning, like a charcoal briquette. Because of the advanced nanomaterials it's made from, the sponge easily survives the burning process and is ready to go to work again and again. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. 
Did you leave BYU without a degree? I'm thankful for the Bachelor of General Studies program because as I chose the life that I wanted to live, being a full-time mom, staying at home, and raising my children, it just gave me hope that I could still finish my goal, but at the same time I could still be fulfilling my responsibilities as a wife and a mother while still being able to take university courses. Go online to bgs.byu.edu to see if you qualify to finish at home what you started at BYU, Bachelor of General Studies. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. We are talking about confidence and how to uh, work with our children in a way that we build their confidence uh, from the outside in. And we are talking right now to Maureen Don Healy, who's a popular author, healer, counselor with over 15 years of experience. She has also um, done and completed doctoral work, uh, coursework. She is the author of Growing Happy Kids, which you can you can find on her website, growinghappykids.com. And she's got a new, soon-to-be-released book called The Energetic Keys to Indigo Kids, um, which will be coming out soon. Maureen, thanks again for joining us. It's my pleasure. It's great to have you here. Now, as we kind of as we think through this, now I know you have some building blocks of confidence and, you know, different areas that we need to be focusing on as parents to make sure that we're giving our our kids the the edge they deserve, the edge they need, the ability to grow mm-hmm. confidence. What what are where do we begin with that? Okay, sure. In my book Growing Happy Kids, I explain these blocks in more detail, but I'll just give a quick summary. Yeah. And uh, one block builds upon the next block. So I'm sort of explaining them in a linear way, but the reality is they're happening, you know, all at the same time quite often. Right, okay. Yeah. So the first block is biology. A child's brain brain, uh, needs to be working for them. So their biology, they need to be getting enough sleep, they need to be eating well, they need to be just have healthy brain development. As we know, kids who have clinical depression, you know, there is, literally a chemical imbalance in their brain. Right. So first of all, your child needs to be, you know, biologically healthy. And second, it's their belief system. It builds upon a healthy biology. You know, they need to be thinking thoughts of, I can do it, you know, that I succeeded at them, being able to observe themselves. Wow, look at that. I really did do that. You know, they need to be having those thoughts of confidence, mm-hmm. outer and then inner confidence. Now, the beliefs, to, do, are the yeah. beliefs just, um, because it's kind of, I guess, it's also what we reflect back on them. It's, it might even be, as a parent, it, it's, how I'm, it's how I'm relating to them. Oh, we're still going to get there. That's block number four. Okay, good. <laughs> so I think, I'm just thinking, man, as a parent, I can Absolutely. seriously impact you by just the questions I ask. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So then the block three is emotion. So the thoughts that they think, they will have those feelings, right? Obviously, when you're like, oh, my God, I'm awesome at hula hooping, that feels great. When you think, <laughs> oh, I stink at that, well, that's got another feeling, right? Right, right. So the, the feelings intensify their thoughts. Hmm. And then the fourth block, which is what you were talking about, which is I call social, but it's really inner feedback and outer feedback. It's how we talk to ourselves, right? Yeah. Oh, I did a good job there. Or it's how the people on the outside are talking to us, right? Whether it's your parents, the coaches, the teachers, they say, oh, great job. You really you really learned how to do that and mastered that ability to do that jigsaw puzzle, whatever it may be. So the, the word that we say to children is, is really, you know, providing feedback and solidifying things. Hmm. And, and kids take that very seriously. I mean, we can all go back to a moment in our childhood where, 
someone said something to us, and it's like a flashbulb memory. We know what we were wearing. We know what happened, whether right. it was positive or negative. We remember. Right. So kids really take these things in. It's that and you know that's a, block, yeah. I was Go just going to say that's such a big because really they take it mm-hmm. in and we may not even be paying attention to it. Mm-hmm. We, we just ask the question: Why aren't you out with your friends? Why don't mm-hmm. you have any friends? Or right? I, I remember being in a spelling bee and missing no uh, times tables for math by the way, mm-hmm. and um, didn't do the times table fast enough. And it was a contest between two rows in my math class. And the teacher said, okay, all the losers, out. Right. And right. I'm like, what? I'm a what? math I'm a loser. loser? What? I remember right? vividly thinking, I'm a loser. Uh-huh. And yeah. it's stuck. And they make an impression on us. Like yeah. you said, you remember that moment. Oh, yeah. I even know her name. Mm-hmm. In fact, mm-hmm. Oh, we always know their oh, name. In fact, I was at a name. block party. <laughs> I'm sitting at a block party, and this my teacher shows up. And sat right across the table from me. She oh had no God. idea who I was, but I was like, <laughs> right. "Oh, you remember the loser? Do you remember me?" Anyway, it was bad. So, yeah, no, of course we remember. And yeah. then the last block is uh, uh, what do I call it? I call it officially spiritual. Yeah, spiritual, but it's yeah, it's the idea of a belief in something greater that is within us. Yeah. So it can be any you know any belief system. It can be spiritual, but not religious. It can be just that idea. That there is a power and a presence within us that helps us overcome and, you know, uh, persevere. It seems like with these all of these different blocks, it's and, and they're all interrelated. I mean, if someone's not eating right. effectively or eating well, their spiritual needs mm-hmm. are going to be different. It's kind of almost Maslow's hierarchy, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It kind of it it just you need to have certain things met, and then maybe we tra- do we get to more transcendent needs? Does it work in an order mm-hmm. like that, or is it just well, you know, there often these things are happening all at once. You know, when the child's on the soccer field, right, they're in nature. That's beautiful. For them, like, that might be a power greater than them, right? Yeah, right. So, and then they're also, when the coach is saying, oh, my God, great job, you did it. That's, you know, that fourth one, feedback. So, and then, you know, physical movement is part of biology, the first one. So often these things are happening all at once. Yeah. And what I'm doing here is just putting them in a way that we can be conscious, parenting or raising children and nurturing them in a conscious way so that we really are nurturing their inner strength and resilience and that, you know, not only, like you said before, are they becoming more confident, but we are too. We're, yeah. we're really role modeling it and, and uh, you know, it's rubbing off on us. So it's a good thing. What do you see as the difference between, I mean, I, I could see people almost turning this competitive too. Like I'm trying to build my son's confidence while I'm really competing, having my son compete against another boy. So I might say stuff like, ah, you were so much faster than Tommy today. I mean, you smoked that kid. Is that going to build confidence? Well, I mean, I think that we need to be honest with kids, right? Yeah. So if, if Tommy was really, he was, he, his, his, you know, gift and skill was really going fast to him at the, on the field, then he'd yeah. say, hey, wow, you, you did a great job. But we don't make it better like he won and the other kid lost. We just point out, you know, hey, you really can run. And wow, you ran faster than so-and-so. But, you know, I'm impressed with you. We don't make it. Like, he's the winner and the other kid's the loser. We just point out his strengths and his skills, and we do it in an honest way. And, you know, we make mistakes along the way and say, you know, maybe I shouldn't have said that about equity. But, you know, hey, the truth is, yeah. <laughs> you know, and we, we're proud of them. We want them to feel wonderful. Is It's such an interesting thing because it seems like natural. Like, what we would do is just this would all come fairly natural to us. Um, what else gets in the way? What, what makes it so hard for us to do this? What, what's the natural 
kind of problems that you see that parents are having that get in the way of the confidence building of their children? Well, I mean, I think just part of life is that people are busy, right? Yeah. And they just get consumed by adult things, which isn't bad, but they're busy. And oftentimes, you know, life happens. You know, someone's sick or something else happens. There's some sort of dysfunction that happens with every family. So oftentimes we're dealing in a crisis mode. Mm-hmm. And this is, this is proactive. This isn't reactive. This is saying, okay, how can I nurture in my child the healthiest and happiest kid? And, and, of course, you know, it's spending that enlightened self-interest when we can, whether it's 10 minutes in the morning, you know, meditating or, or listening to music or doing yoga poses, whatever we do to nurture ourselves is helpful, too, because it is a role model for them saying, hey, it's important to, you know, take care of ourselves, not only physically, but emotionally and mentally, and then give the best to the world. So, yeah. you know, there's challenges in life, and everyone knows that one, whether it's financial, whether it's family, whether it's other things. And the idea is just not to let that those things overcome you. You know what I mean? Right. Be overwhelmed by everything. Take it one step at a time, and sort of go back to your center where there is at everyone a place of peace, and you can sort of help your child go to that place of center because oftentimes they're just trying to figure out how to manage their emotions and what do I think about myself? What do I think about the world? They're always trying to figure it out. Okay. School works like this. Okay, I can do that. Okay, home works like this. All right, I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> it's always the system. They're cracking a code. They're collecting clues. Oh, if I do this, I get this. If I do that, I get a punishment. You know, they're trying right. to figure it out. So we want to give them that unconditional love that says, hey, this is acceptable, but, you know, I love you no matter what. You know, right. that's sort of... And that's, and that's not always easy because, of course, we want kids to behave. We want them to do well, you know? Right. Well, in a weird way... It's almost like our child's confidence is is um, impacts our confidence. So, like, if all of a sudden Not I see my that, yeah, they will take on what we. If we're really confident about something, they'll learn how to be that way. Uh huh. Exactly. You know what I'm yeah. So they sort of demonstrate our issues sometimes. When I work with kids and I meet the parents, they go, "Oh, now I get it." <laughs> yeah. I I always see a link. Like, because uh, if you're sitting there and your son does something that is just so embarrassing to you. <laughs> and you go off in order to preserve yourself from the silly, stupid right. little things your kids do. Um, <laughs> your lack of confidence, your your own ability to hold your own ground is going to eventually eke out onto your child's confidence, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, we're all related and it's families. You know, the, the part that's beautiful is like, hey, we're in it together. We're learning together. So the kids do really well when you partner with them. Yeah. You know, when we're honest with them and when we... You know, sometimes we show them our flaws and we're just truthful. And that helps them become confident because they realize they can be who they came here to be. They don't have to be someone else to be like. They don't have to impress someone else. They don't have to get, you know, just A's and they'll be like, they can really be who they are. Right. Well, but if good people get A's, I mean, come on, Maureen. The smart people get all the A's. <laughs> to be honest, I, did, I did quite well in school, but... Yeah. but but that that wasn't. I don't believe it was the reason no. my parents loved me. You know what yeah. I mean? You they you knew you were loved me. regardless of your grade. Right. That's right. That's, That's powerful. Right. And it wasn't perfect either, like everyone. Yeah. But nonetheless, there was always that sense that they believed in me, and I think it's really valuable. And I think that that five block approach, you know, centering yourself, making sure okay, not over scheduling my kids, but making sure they have that outer feedback, making sure you know they're are eating right, making sure that they have, you know, that belief system and, and that emotional, social 
um, you know, it's important. It's important. It helps us sort of conceptualize the idea of confidence in a healthy way for them and us. Yeah. You know, and, and kids are very, every kid's different. So once you kind of got it figured out for one, you're really saying you have to figure this out differently for each one. Every child's approaching it differently, and so do you. Right? I mean, yeah, to some degree, you've got to yeah. meet them where everyone they are. has different skills. Yeah. So we have to sort of appreciate that, you know, I mean, I look at it from a perspective of every child, even though they're, you know, their brains aren't fully formed, they come fully loaded with a personality and talents and skills, mm-hmm. and it's really helping them be who they are and helping them learn how to be successful on this planet and learning to believe in themselves where they can progress. I mean, that is so powerful. And yet, then again, we're like, yeah, but you need a job. So get a job. I mean, that's all great. Yeah. Get a job. Right. Yeah. Well, And we want them to be productive, right. contributing members of society. But certainly, you know, it, it's nice for them to share their unique gifts, right? Well, and the, honestly, if they're confident, the job's going to come. Oh, it's going to work out. Oh, sure. Of course. Of it, course. If they're not confident... It's going to be a while before they get a job. They're just going to dwell in your basement and borrow your car right. every day. It's uh, parenting. You'd think that there would be a manual for it, but there's not. There's just a million books, and the rest of us are just trying to figure <laughs> out what to do. Because, I, like, I have I have six kids, and every child is is so different that right. we literally throw away the book with every kid. Mm-hmm. And oh, that yep, Sarah's book's not going to work for Jake. Nope, not even close. Right. And Jake's book's right. not going to work for Tanner. Um, but right. what I love about your book is that there's you're getting to the kind of some basic blocks or the principles underneath it that in, inevitably are going to kind of shake out at least kind of the core of confidence. Right. Which is the foundation for happiness. And I've worked with parents and kids around the globe, and everyone, no matter where you are, whether you live in a slum or a mansion, you want your children to be happy. Yeah, that's it. I mean, really, that's our purpose, right? Mm-hmm. Is We want that happiness, that peace. Mm-hmm. We're going to take Absolutely. a break, Maureen. We're going to come back. When we come back, I, I'd love to, to get into a little bit more of how you deal with kind of highly sensitive children. And how you how you push them? I mean, because you know, if your kids are really sensitive, they they can read a lot into a little. And so, I'd love your ideas mm-hmm. on that. Maybe find out too a little bit about your upcoming book, The Energetic Keys to Indigo Kids, as well. We're talking uh, right now, everybody, to um, our, our wonderful, incredible, honestly guest, Maureen Don Healy, who is the author of the book Growing Happy Kids. Her website, GrowingHappyKids.com. And uh, we'll be back with her. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to BYU Radio. KBYU FM, HD2, Provo. Books, geography, art, media literacy. Dean Duncan will cover it all from his unique perspective. How do you feel about it's a mad, 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 mad world? Oh, I love it's a mad, 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 mad world. Should a comedy be 180 minutes? Uh, yes, especially that, especially that one. Because as a cultural historian, it is a cultural cornucopia. This Will Take a While airs weekdays at 4 p.m. Eastern on BYU Radio. This is Sam McCall for BYU Radio News. 
Stand Your Ground laws, which led a jury to acquit George Zimmerman of the shooting death of teen Trayvon Martin, should be changed, according to one of the jury members who is remaining anonymous. Attorney General Eric Holder is also calling for a review of the laws. The former Cleveland bus driver who has been accused of kidnapping and holding captive three women for over 10 years pled not guilty to nearly a 1,000 charges today. Some of the charges could carry the death penalty if the 53-year-old is convicted. A burning heat wave is continuing across the nation with over 43 states breaking 90 degrees this week. Forecasters say there will be no relief from the scorching temperatures until the weekend when a cold front moves down from the north. U.S. officials are being vague about whether or not President Barack Obama will be visiting Moscow for talks with Russian President Vladimir Putin as Russian authorities continue to consider granting asylum to NSA leaker Edward Snowden, who is hiding out in Moscow from extradition to the U.S. In world news, contaminated school meals killed 25 Indian children and sent numerous others to the hospital since yesterday afternoon. The tragedy has sparked violent protests and allegations of blame as doctors report insecticide is likely the cause of the contamination. Cuban authorities are admitting to attempting to send old Soviet-style weapons to North Korea aboard a ship carrying mainly sugar. However, they claim the weapons were being sent for repairs. Officials in Panama who discovered the weapons have called for United Nations officials to investigate. Same-sex marriage is now legal in Britain and Wales, with officially recognized ceremonies starting as soon as next summer. Couples who already have civil unions will be allowed to convert their status to married if they desire. That's the news to the top of the hour. For BYU Radio, I'm Sam McCall. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Dr. Matt Townsend here. Today we are talking about confidence, building confidence in your children. And uh, our wonderful guest is Maureen Don Healy, who is a popular author, healer, and counselor with over 15 years of experience. She has worked with children all over the world and um, also is you know writes for Psychology Today and PBS. She has a wonderful book called Growing Happy Kids and another book soon to be released, the energetic kids of Ind- or the energetic keys of indigo kids. Welcome back to the program, Maureen. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. This uh, this topic again. I just think. I mean, what could we give? What more could we give our children than confidence? That's it's such a boost. It's so needed, and especially the, the tools, the ability to deal with their differences and and to just to be able to be okay being different and being okay being with people that are different than you. Mm-hmm. What a gift. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To, and different is good. I mean, we're all different. Yeah. So it's, it's sort of vital to succeed in life to be able to have the courage to share your differences. It seems like the confidence takes a hit when there's a difference sometimes that's permanent. Um, I, have a, I have a client that's blind. And has uh-huh. kind of pr- progressively, she's she's gone blind. She didn't. She wasn't born blind. And it's, she, we were talking about it recently, and she just says it really, it's so it becomes such a part of your identity that it's it's hard sometimes to not let it creep in on your confidence. So if uh-huh. so, if somebody has a disability, if somebody maybe has an emotional issue or you know a chemical issue, or they're they're just really s- sensitive. Uh-huh. How do we how do we impact them? 
How do we help Well, their I would confidence? normalize it, and I would give them a hero. You know, there are plenty of people who, without sight, have done amazing things in this world. Yeah. So I, I would inspire them. I think that when people are inspired, you know, the sky's the limit, right? Right. The sky's the limit. So the idea is to keep them in a mental and emotional place of where they can do it. And that's not to say that they can't cry, and that's not to say they can't have their sadness and their disappointment and the, the whole emotional range that they're going through. But it's also to say, hey, you know, after we finish with all that, you still have, you have breath, you have life, you have a purpose. You know mm. what I mean? Yeah, so absolutely. If you're here, there's something to do. There's a gift to give, and there's a uh, there's joy in your heart. So, you know, how can we help you express that? So, you know, there's always a step forward, and I think oftentimes so many people with disabilities um, really help us crack our hearts open, right? How right. compassionate can we be, yeah. really, you yeah. know? And, and it, it, it stretches us to be better people. So, you know, there is nothing lost in anyone who has a challenge. I mean, and, and truthfully, we're all in it together, right? So when yeah. we do something for myself or the other person, it's, it's, it's helping everyone. It's 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 so interesting because we we tend to look at everyone else. I, I kind of have this view: we're all challenged. It's just uh-huh. we're all just challenged differently. Some challenges that some face are so obvious, so in your face, right. and some of us are they're so hidden away. And I'm not uh-huh. sure that the hidden away ones, in a way, they they might even be more disabling because we right. maybe we don't see them, we don't notice them, we spend more time building, you know, you know. F- fortification around them so nobody sees them. Right. There's that saying, you're only as sick as your secrets, right? Yeah. So, I mean, the, it's more, the more authentic you can be and, you know, honest, everyone has issues and has had challenges, whether they come from your family of origin or the mistakes that you've made. That, and we've all made mistakes that we wouldn't want flashing, you know, on yeah. the big screen at a baseball stadium. So, I mean, Life is messy sometimes, but being able to be the most honest and best version of yourself, despite all these situations, is really inspiring and compelling for children and for um, for ourselves. Yeah, and and it's it's so foreign to them. It seems like as an adult, we we're down the road a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And, and if we had obtained our own confidence, if we had kind of earned it, or if somebody had guided us. It's going to be easier for us to maybe guide them than to let them just figure it out when they're an adult. Well, you make a really good point. Most parents parent the way they were parented right. unless they've actually taken a pause and said, okay, mom did this well, dad did this well, or mom did this well, where was dad? You know, whatever the issues were. And said, okay, you know, when I go forward, these are things I'm going to make sure I do. Yeah. So unless you sort of have that awareness and consciousness as you go forward, I mean, and of course, doing the best you can then it's really what I would call automatic parenting, which doesn't always work out. No. In fact, what, tell me about the whole idea of a helicopter parent, the one that's mm-hmm. kind of hovering constantly over their child. What does that do to confidence? Well, the thing with that is it's, it's based on fear, right? It's right. based on fear. You're afraid something's going to happen. You know, you've seen the news. You, are, I mean, you, know, you think this is a scary world. It's like Einstein said, you know, the... The most important question we can ever ask is, is a friendly universe? And if mm-hmm. you say, yeah, you live in a friendly universe. And if you say, no, it's not as easy, not as uh, good, not to deny that there aren't challenges. But, you know, the idea of raising a child with faith, with intelligent faith, 
with um, confidence in their abilities, allows them, uh, when you don't helicopter, allows them to go, go down the slide by themselves. You know, maybe they scrape their knee, but they can get back up again. It helps them believe in themselves. Yeah. I, that's so interesting because the hovering parent is telling the child something. I guess they're mm-hmm. telling them the world's dangerous and you probably aren't going to make it without me right here. Mm-hmm. So, so they're going to read that and that's, that will eventually impact their confidence. Yeah, I mean, they're reading our clues on so many levels, yeah. and our cues, too. You know, whether we're saying them or we're actioning them, you know, actioning them. I said something the other day, you know, that children learn through the clarity of our example. Yeah. So it's not the words that we teach or that we say. It's what how we are in the world. They go, oh, it's a safe place. <laughs> oh, I can be myself. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, but we think we're hiding it. Like, you know, that we think they're just learning from my great oh, they see right through it all. Lessons, oh, right. They totally do. I mean, over and over again, I have kids in my office, and they go, so what do you think about this? I go, well, what do you think about that? I go, well, I think you're right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They see right through things. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, they're very intu- and, and intuitive. It, you're really cracking a code. So every child is a different code. And mm-hmm. um, and the neat thing is that what you're kind of discussing and talking about is just create a space, a safe enough space for them to learn and experience uh-huh. in. And, hey, if it doesn't work, okay, well, there's tomorrow. We'll try again tomorrow. But eventually right. we're going to figure out the code. So one thing, I guess, also is always be noticing with them what's working. Mm-hmm. And point out, you know what, this seems to really work for you. When when right? you get up in the morning and do your homework instead of getting your homework done at night, it seems to work better for you. And if we can start right. figuring out what works, then mm-hmm. there's always the bigger learning behind it. And their confidence mm-hmm. comes from their ability to learn and to adapt instead of just doing it the one way that mom taught me. Right, right. And like what you're saying is we want to develop this. We want to support their strengths and help them grow into skills. Yeah. So if one child's a morning person and one child's an evening person, you know, we need to work with who they are. Yeah, but we have to be willing to let them be different children. Absolutely. And oftentimes it means we might, and people learn this, is you might parent slightly different. Like you had mentioned, what works for one child may not exactly work for another. Right. So it's really doing our best to be present and really listen and see what's going on, not only what they're saying, but what you really sort of observe what's going on. So, of course, the best we can in doing that. Hmm. Can you, you know, as long as you're being honest with your children, giving them a a good, solid feedback loop, can you ever give them too much encouragement? Well, yeah, I mean, there is, well, I, I guess what I would say is, you know, there's an idea of giving encouragement or praise very specifically. Like, you were very good when you played the piano, and you did that. That was excellent. You practiced. But by just general praise, oh, you're so wonderful, oh, you're such a great kid, I mean, that's giving them this false sense of arrogance. Yeah. They have no idea that, oh, I'm just great. Well, yeah, on one level, we're all ultimately great. But the reality is that we all have strengths and development areas, and you have to, you know, really... Be as honest with your kids as you can, because if not, you're setting them up for a fall. Yeah. Because we know that not everyone in their life is going to say, oh, you're great. (laughs) (laughs) No. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that doesn't happen. I wish it would. Wouldn't that be great if everyone just thought, hey, everyone walks around, you're so wonderful. No, you're wonderful. No, you're not. Sometimes I think life being messy makes it even more fun. No, I agree. I think in the end, that's the game, is if you can make it through this life with some confidence at the end. So did you hear about our 96-year-old lady that basically told the guys that were holding her at knife point, nope, I'm not opening the till. I'm not going to do it. And she just Uh held her ground. 
Mm-hmm. That's confidence. And what happened? They just walked away. Mm-hmm. What do you do? What do you do with a 96-year-old lady that's not going to give up her money? Well, she's probably like, I got nothing to lose. I've oh, been here 96 Come on. Years. Bring it on, dude. <laughs> you have no idea what I've seen. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it really would be a powerful thing to be. I mean, because especially with this world, with the bullying that's going on and all of the little things that we're, we're seeing, I mean, just even some story on the news could so easily rock your confidence. Um, right. It's a tough. It's a tough time to be a kid. I think. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they need the skills. And a beautiful time too, because there's so much opportunity with technology to oh, be yeah. good in the world. As a child, yeah. I see wonderful stories of children raising money, donating. Them. I mean, yeah. volunteering. So there's, in one way, yes, it can be more challenging. In another way, there's just a wide open opportunity. Yeah, love it. Well, Maureen Don Healy, so appreciate you being on our show. Again, everybody, go check out Maureen's um, website, Growing Happy Kids. And Maureen, you have a new book coming out called The Energetic Keys to Indigo Kids. What's that about? That is about us, those highly sensitive children that are sensitive yet defiant or stubborn and how we can help them succeed in life. Sounds like my family. <laughs> Excellent. So that, and that, when is that coming out, Maureen? September. Wonderful. September 23rd, yeah. September, and they can find out about that on growinghappykids.com? Yes. Wonderful. Appreciate the interview. And really, everybody, go check out the the website, growinghappykids.com. Learn more about Maureen Don Healy and uh, her wonderful insight on our children. Maureen, thanks again. Thank you. Appreciate it. And we're going to take a break. When we uh, come back, we are going to come back and... We're going to learn from our own merit of a a metaphor that was taught to her growing up that was a confidence builder, I guess. We're also going to get into the Internet Asks Matt. Matt answers right after this break right here on the Matt Townsend Show on BYU Radio. We'll take a hard look at the science of soft robotics with an organic approach to bot building. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories behind the ideas that shape our future. When you think of robots, you're likely thinking of something made of shiny metals and hard plastic, driven by servo motors, gears, and the like. But roboticists working on advanced concepts think that's a cliche that might be replaced by the science of soft robotics. Soft robotics tries to follow a more organic approach to design, taking cues from how nature has shaped systems for moving around and handling objects. Instead of motors and gears, soft, flexible robotic appendages are commonly driven by air pressure or hydraulics, or even shape metals that work more like muscles than motors. Why is this important? Well, when robots have to work alongside people, it's safer and sometimes more efficient to use soft appendages that work and respond more like human limbs. A soft robot hand in development can grip a fragile object like an egg, by conforming around it using just one power source as opposed to clamping it with metal fingers all driven by motors. So, future robots may look less like little tanks and more like crabs as soft robotics continues to advance. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. 
We're wrapping up our show on um, confidence. Do you guys feel more confident? You look more confident. You look more confident. Do I smell more confident? Nope. All right. Well, we'll see what happens. Not even close. You need to work on that. Now, meritocracy has. Um, she grew up with a metaphor. What was it? Just a, an did. example. It, it was. It's called the humility angel. And okay. My parents taught me about the humility angel. It's just whenever you are getting a little overconfidence, when your self-esteem has become inflated, it's this inevitable thing that happens to you. The angel comes and visits you to make sure you remain humble. Really? So, yeah. It sounds more so like a I devil grew than up, an My angel. aunt Jenny would tell me, so she has the story. She was just, she woke up, she woke up on time, and yeah. she's just feeling really good about yeah. herself. And she's an actress, and she's like, I'm going to go to rehearsal, and I'm just going to nail this. And she was just feeling so good. She got her kids off and going, and she was just having the best day, and she's just driving the car. She's like... I'm doing pretty great, you know. I reward myself. I'm going to drive through so I don't have to make lunch. Yeah. She went and got the food. She's still feeling great about totally herself. Good. She made some healthy choices yeah. and all that. And the minute she pulls out, she dumps Coke all over herself. <laughs> and the she just angel, she feels like the angel visited. Angel. She had to, yeah. So then oh, she was. The humility angel just spilled <laughs> your Coke all over yep. you. Yeah. So then she was late to rehearsal. And yeah. not only was she late to rehearsal, but she was late and completely sticky, covered in Coke. <laughs> now that's an angel. It's because they're making you humble, and humble is a good quality. Yeah. Let's make up a name. I don't like that angel. <laughs> Let's, it's, more like a, uh, it's more like a minion. It's the mean minion. <laughs> it's the equalizer. The moment you lose your confidence, you do the very thing you're afraid you're going to do. Yeah. And I was carrying yeah. some uh, food down the stairs to go eat it downstairs. And I thought, boy, it would be awful if I dropped this. And I dropped it right yeah. then. See, that's why you're not supposed to think. I, I always do. And it, I mean – it's. I should expect this because I'm really clumsy. But it's just whenever I'm like having a good day or I'm like walking to work, I'm like, I look pretty good. You Looking know? good. I'm on time. <laughs> yeah, hole. and then I trip over my own feet. It's just. Yeah. It's completely inevitable. See, that's interesting. I've never thought that. A lot of people just call that karma. No, it's an angel visiting you to make sure you remain humble. It's a humility. I think it's a psychological event. <laughs> Some call it a psychological. Some just call it. Oops, I tripped. I made a mistake. What do you call it, Bryce? For well, I call it irony. <laughs> yeah. Okay. What do you call it, Sky Boy? When you okay, when you got all cocky and you put some dead carcass on some wonderful, beautiful family's yard and infected their family with hideous bacteria. And the next day, what do you call that? Oh no, yeah, you're all cocky and what humbled you the next day? Nothing humbled me. Yeah. See, he needs an angel. <laughs> the dude needs an angel. Skyler, you might want to watch your back. <laughs> I believe there is a humility angel that has your name on a list. And it's been years of yeah. the working. I think he's yeah. a biker. Is your humility angel a biker? He's a hell's angel. Your humility angel's a hell's oh, angel. Oh, are you talking about the biker biker? The biker. Okay. He's a I was very confused for a second. Motorcycle biker. Yeah. Because there's a lot of yeah. people who no, ride, ride bikes yeah. around no, around that same yeah. place that I live in. Yeah. Well, let's call it what it is in the penitentiary. Iowa. Iowa. <laughs> um, this, this, this is a big deal. I, I'm not sure about the humility angel. I mean, it's I, okay. I've never seen it. We – no, I can't say that because I'll give away the secret. But never mind. <laughs> I've never seen the Easter Bunny. 
I've never seen Santa at my house. I've seen his I've seen hoof prints on my roof. But I believe in him, and so I'm going to believe in the humility angel. I'm doing it. You better. It's a good warning. There it is. There you go. <laughs> that, maybe now the humility angel has swings. It can come get Another. Skyler. <laughs> Please come get Skyler, man. <laughs> the guy needs some humility. Not really. Okay, so let's do some Internet Asks Matt. Apparently, Colonel Rob Sanders has been searching all over the interweb. And a confidence question you won't find anywhere else on Serious Ooh, XM. is this breaking news? You won't find anywhere else on talk radio. Bring it on. Only here. Okay, you get ready, confidence boy, because I might need your help on this one, Skyboy. And I'm going to read this letter verbatim. Whoa, is it that? It's that, it's that good. Interesting. Okay. Dear Internet, I was hoping to get some advice about a problem I've been having with my significant other. We're finishing our last year of college, and we've been together about six months. Mm -hmm. I really do adore her, aside from this kind of one weird behavioral trait. We have very similar interests, shares many of the same – we share some of the same mutual friends, and we get along fine on a day-to-day basis. The problem is every few weeks or so, she gets into her head that I don't appreciate her. I think everything's going well, but then out of the blue, she'll accuse me for taking her for granted. I really don't think this is the case as I go out of my way to compliment her, say I love you to her just about every day. Always when this happens, she'll demand that we do this couple's bonding activity, (laughs) one where she pretends she's dead. She'll light some candles. What? Can you back that up? Back that up. A couple bonding activity where she pretends she's died. She'll light some candles, play Amazing Grace. Lay in, be- uh, lay in bed and then covers herself with a sheet. Oh, man. I'm supposed to kneel down and say some last words to her. Don't die. And she gets really? in a very bad mood if I don't cry. <laughs> now, I've always known that she has some self-esteem issues, but this seems like a little much. Now, I've tried talking to her about it, but she just gets defensive and says this activity is necessary for me to grow emotionally and for wow. our relationship to grow stronger. I don't know what to do. I really don't want to lose her, but I can't keep mourning her death every few weeks. Does this activity sound normal? How can I show her I appreciate her without having to mourn her death? Sincerely, guy on the internet. Sincerely, Skyboy. Um, is this normal? No. That's messed up. I didn't think so. Messed up. That's messed up. Okay. Wow. Okay. This is what you do. Matt, where do you begin with this one? I know. Well, let's first begin that she says every so every few weeks or so, which I'm going to go with every three weeks. So in a cyclical manner, every three weeks, she goes a little weird on him. She just starts having weird thoughts like, you don't like me. You don't appreciate me. I don't know. Maybe she breaks out a little bit. It's a little bit of a cycle. Okay. A lot of women go through it about every three or four weeks. I bet you there's something going on there. Just throwing it out there. Just anytime somebody says every few weeks or so, they have this pattern where they then have to have, I don't know, a faux funeral. A, don't ever, um, don't ever follow the lead of the most emotionally challenged person in the relationship. 
It's like the blind leading the blind, yeah. but it's somewhere like the irrational leading yeah. the irrational. If she wants to go ahead with it, then if I were you, I'd start having some fun. <laughs> like, I would, I would demand if we're going to do it, we're going to do it right. And I'd get a casket. <laughs> and I'd seal her up in it. <laughs> no, and then take it. to the sea. And then I would float her away on the... No, but so isn't that weird? So she... Where where does this end? Where does this end? Well, eventually she is going to die. Yeah. So her her real eulogy, I expect, will be amazing. Well rehearsed in the very least. <laughs> the problem is he'll be all cried out. He won't have another tear to give her. So I might say I might. I mean, it's messed up. I wouldn't mess. I wouldn't touch it. I would say you know what I would do. This would okay. This is what I would do. I figured it out. Right when you know she's about. To die, I'd drop dead first. I said, oh, oh, and I'd pretend like I'm dead. And then I'd make her do a funeral for me. But I want a different kind of funeral where she admits her frailties and her weaknesses. And she owns that she doesn't, she's not healthy. I was about to say, Matt, that's rather irrational. Now you're good. But see how it works? But I'm pretty sure... I mean, would she go the other way? Do you get any sense from the letter if she would be willing to, you know, eulogize him? He says, I've tried talking to her about it, but she gets defensive and says the activity is necessary for me to okay. grow emotionally. Let me, let me just be really blunt. You've dated her six months. She's not healthy. Run. 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 And send her to Skyboy. Because he's desperately in need of He can of cry hate. on demand. And nobody can eulogize like Skyboy. That's my advice, and I'm sticking to it. And another angel just got her wings, even though it's just a faux funeral, and she's really not dead yet. Yet. Not yet. You got another one? Question Colonel about Sanders. Yeah, so this one, uh, that previous one was a self-esteem issue with a girl. This one's that, a self-esteem issue. The previous issue. one was not a self-esteem issue. Okay. She's just messed up and needs therapy, serious intervention. Okay. This comes from a guy who thinks he might have a self-esteem issue. Okay. He writes to say that he's always found overweight women attractive. He's dated skinny women, but they're just not for him. He was with some friends chatting up uh, an attractive woman who was a little overweight. Friends asked him, well, what are you doing? He says, well, I'm, I'm hitting on her, trying to get a date. Yeah. They acted shocked and surprised. They thought I was joking. They were even a little bit disgusted that I'd be attracted to big girls. At one point, one of his friends says that it was because he had low self-esteem mm. that he was interested in overweight women. Is that true? No. Maybe he's from a different era when everyone was attracted to over- overweight women. That was the sign of beauty. Maybe he's just got a really huge heart and he's amazing and his understanding. Maybe he understands that beauty is deeper than your skin. I'm looking at you, Skyboy. Just kidding. Um, no, I don't think he's got a self-esteem problem. I actually think he's pretty confident with himself. It would take a lot of confidence to go against all the social mores and norms and standards to go find somebody at a bar or wherever he's finding these people that are a little overweight and then go after them. Hey, you know, everyone needs a little loving. Absolutely. Okay. And they're wonderful people. It's not about their weight. They're humans. Humans need to be loved. This is just a guy. In fact, he's probably a better example of what healthy is than the one that's looking at some airbrushed little pixie doll that's not even real. 
Boom! Put that in your angel wings. Another angel just got their wings. He's actually pretty healthy. You know what? I bet you he'd give a great eulogy. Don't you think? You're not going to answer that, are you? I don't know if you can give a good eulogy. I don't. We don't have enough data to, to create a... I can't get that lady out of my head. Here, here's just a universal rule from the Matt Townsend Show to all of the listeners. Don't fake your funeral. Ever. Ever. Don't ever give people ideas. Like Funerals don't require a dress rehearsal? Yeah, no. No. Let it go. Let it go. Uh, she needs help. So, boy. Sky, I don't know where you get these women. But you got to quit bringing them and asking me questions on the show. I've got a lot of good stories about women, don't I? You do. We've been able to do a, a lot of segments, a lot of internet asks, mad answers shows just for my own personal life. I know, and I appreciate that. And we do want you to quit asking so many questions. Okay. Because we got to give other people a chance. Okay? okay. Not to. I don't want to impact your confidence because you really are amazing. Thanks, Matt. Thank you. And this is the Matt Townsend Show. We appreciate you being with us. We hope we've learned a little bit together about um, confidence. Where does it come from? Eventually, our confidence will lead to esteem and happiness as well. Please take care of your kids. Hold them close. And let's uh, do what we can this uh, time to make sure that they're growing in confidence. This is the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio.